Welcome back to the Evidence for Faith podcast with Michael Lane. If you're enjoying our content and would like to help us keep making more episodes on this podcast, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org slash give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash give. And while you're on the website, make sure to check out some of the other things we got going on, like our specialty programs. We've got one in marine biology, which is an entire marine biology course down in the Florida Keys. And it's great for students ages 14 and up. We also have our biblical archaeology tour in Israel with archaeologists Dr. Stephen Notley. That's coming up very, very soon. So make sure to check those out. And we also have our bookings calendar open. So if you're looking for a speaker to come speak at your event, church, group, school, whatever it may be, make sure to get in your request in right away. And finally, if you have enjoyed a particular series on this podcast, or you want to go back and look at a particular episode, our courses page has every single series we've ever done on the podcast nicely organized in its own course page. And sometimes there's a few extra little downloads and things you can use if you want to go back and study a particular series or share it with a friend or a family. All these links are going to be down in the description if you want to refer back to them after you're done listening to today's episode. And with that, thanks for being here and I'll let Michael take it away. Hi, welcome to Evidence for Faith. This is Michael Lane, your host. As I bet you can tell if you're just turning in for the first time in this series what we're talking about. You are correct. We're doing Jonah and the whale. No, that's not correct. I just lied. No, sorry. We're doing the armor of God. And as you can see, I'm decked out now with the armor of God. I have my shield of faith right here beside me, and I've got my helmet on. I've got the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, and I have my sword uh, attached to me right now. And that's the piece we're gonna be talking about in this lesson as we're continuing in this study found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And as we look through this and continue in this study, we're gonna see, as, as I've said in every lesson, in the most ancient manuscripts, all of this is one paragraph. So all these things are pertaining to the armor of God. And believe it or not, this is not the last piece, though often it's taught that way, that the sword of the Spirit is the last piece. No, tune in for the next lesson because there is another one that is mentioned. See if you can pick it out as we read this passage now out of the English Standard Version, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and his shoes for your feet, having the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints and also for me 
that the words may be given to me to open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am in an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that's our passage. Now today, in, in this lesson, what we're looking at, and I love wearing this outfit. This is so much fun wearing this thing and just having a lot of fun wearing this. But I'll tell you, it's so important not to just wear it, but to actually the spiritual aspect of this to put on every single day. And as we're looking at this today, today we're looking at the sword of the Spirit. So we're going by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And as we get into this, as we've been doing, I'm going to show you how the Roman swords that a legionnaire would carry, why it was set up like this, um, what the shape is and everything, how it was used. But then I'll tell you, too, about how do we use this in the weaponry that God has given us to fight these spiritual battles that we go through every single day. So let's get into the sword of the spirit. Now, first of all, the Roman sword is a little different than the other type of sword that I've been yielding here. This one is actually more of a medieval style sword, but they did have long straight swords even during the time of Christ. Certain nations did. Um, this is not what the legionnaires carried was something this big. You'll notice that the Roman sword is actually sort of short compared to that. It's a short sword and it's actually called a gladius. The gladius was actually a Spanish weapon, and as I've mentioned in some of the previous lessons here, when the, when the Romans came across a, a piece of weaponry that was superior to what they were using, they would uh, incorporate it into their own. They would take the technology from others and they would use it. And so this was a Spanish-style sword that they came across, and it's shorter in length, and the reason for that is to allow a soldier to get deep inside where the enemy is, inside the enemy's guard. This weapon is primarily for thrusting. It's not for doing like uh, the span, uh, like a Three Musketeers movie with uh, rapier type swords with parring and dancing all over or some swashbuckling movie uh, like with Errol Flynn and Captain Blood or something. This type of weapon was a closed weapon. You are close to your enemy and it's to thrust with. And it can thrust, it was double edged. You could thrust it in any any way, left or right, you could uh, swing it like that and actually use it as a weapon in that aspect. But its primary function, with its long pointy end, the primary function of this sword was for thrusting, to thrust, to stab. That's what this was all about, stabbing. And that meant to be in close quarters with your enemy. Now think about this. This is all spiritual, too to be in close quarters with your enemy. The enemy's trying to get in, and he's trying to affect us. If a person had a sword, uh, two people come together and have a sword fight with these two swords, this person with the shorter sword has got to move in closer because with the long two-handed sword, it, you, you wanna fight at a distance here to be able to use the maximum effect. So with this one, don't always think that the longer the sword, the, the outcome is determined that this person would always win. No, because if this person can get inside where they can't swing this, they have an advantage. Pirates in, on pirate ships and stuff, um, the swords, cutlasses and stuff were not that long because fighting on board a ship, um, there's not a lot of room. So you want a short sword. Romans often many times carried a dagger 
too that was attached to their belt, um, which is even shorter than this, but they would use that also. So it's for stabbing and thrusting in close quarters with the enemy. That's how this thing is designed. And it was very good for this type of warfare. Um, now, Paul identifies this weapon as the word of God. He could have called it anything, but he calls it the word of God. And actually this makes so much sense. It's common sense to even think about this because this is a spiritual weapon. It's a weapon that can be used not just for thrusting, not just for um, swinging back and forth. It is also a great heavy sword that is good for blocking. If someone's swinging down on you to block yourself, to block the blows of the enemy. And you can do that with the sword also. So it's a blocking weapon, but its primary purpose was to get close and thrust. Though at times many battles they'd be swinging it this way, its primary purpose was for thrusting. But it's a great blocking weapon. So that means it's also a defensive weapon besides being an offensive weapon. That's important as we see as we'll get into this and go further. Now, you know, there is a great sword fight that's actually mentioned in the Bible. It's a spiritual battle, though, and that's what we're talking about here, spiritual battles. It's found, actually, in Matthew chapter 4. I've mentioned it a couple of times in some of the other um, lessons in this series. When Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, goes out into the wilderness, he's being tempted by Satan. And Satan comes along, and he fights him. And it's a close combat battle that takes place between both of them. Um, Satan is trying to get in close to Jesus and he's trying to affect his mind and he's trying to affect him along those lines. But what it is, he thrusts with, with his sword and then Jesus counters it and it goes back and forth. Satan swings his sword as the battle is going on. Satan swings his sword, if you read Matthew chapter 4, of distorting scripture because he's a master at that. He's a master liar and he will destroy distort Christian, uh, to even Christians. He distorts scripture to us and we fall for his plan so many times. So in this case, he's fighting Jesus and he's swinging the sword of distortion of scripture and temptations at Jesus. And Jesus at every single one of these blocks, every blow as it's coming down, every single time Satan tries to attack him, he blocks the um, Satan's weapon and he counters it with what? The word of God. Oh my gosh, do you see the spiritual lesson here for this? Why is this called the word of God? Because Jesus, when he was being tempted, being attacked by Satan, he used the word of God as a weapon, as a blocking weapon, but then he attacked back with it. That's why this is. And he deflected every single blow of the enemy with the word of God, with the sword of the spirit. Now, folks, Satan is smart. Don't underestimate our adversary. He is very smart and he has a lot of spies, a lot of minions that are out there trying to do us harm. And what he will do, we've got this armor that God has given us and we are very well protected, but what Satan will do, he will watch you carefully. His minions and stuff are studying you, particularly you Christians, because this was written to Christians. And if you're an effective Christian, he is studying every single aspect of your life. Why? Because he wants to bring you down. So he attacks you. He looks for your weaknesses. He looks where you're ignorant. If you're ignorant in the word of God, guess where he's going to attack you? The word of God. And even if you're well versed in the word of God, that's how he came after Jesus, was using the word of God, distorting it. But he comes after us like that. He will look for your weakness. If you've got something that you're not using in this armory that you are not sure of, that's where Satan is going to attack you. 
So take an evaluation of your life. Spiritually, we're talking about here. Where are you weak? Is it in your belief of your salvation? Is it, are you weak in thinking about your salvation? That you might be um, not saved? Um, maybe you don't know the word of God to be able to defend yourself with, from the fiery darts being coming at you. Or what about holy living? Do you carry this? Is it all, all the pieces there? Are you really protected well against this? You can see I'm hitting myself with this sword, yet I'm not doing any damage to myself. Why? Because I'm wearing the weaponry that God gave us. And it's all wrapped up. My, uh, my tunic and stuff is not being caught on anything because I've got the belt of truth and I've wrapped myself in that. Folks, beloved, are you doing the same thing? Because Satan knows your weaknesses. I can tell you from personal experience that when I get tired, that's when Satan comes after me. After a great victory, and I've really damaged his kingdom, uh, the Holy Spirit has really used me in some way to, to damage his kingdom, because it's definitely not me doing it. It's the work of God doing it. And the thing is, Satan then, as soon as it calms down and everything, he comes after. I remember reading one time Billy Graham talking about that when he used to go around and do these large uh, crusades and stuff that he said in big revivals, he wrote one time in one of his books, he says, I hated Mondays. Because Mondays, all the thrill and all, the, uh, all the, uh, the excitement of everything is over, and there's a time where you get depressed. And he said, that's when Satan attacks me. Well, in this ministry, Evidence for Faith, even before this, when I was working at a camp here in the Northwoods, a Christian camp, same thing. When I get tired, when I and start to um, not think about wearing the weaponry, like, well, I'm walking close with God, maybe I'm not going to put this on today, that's when Satan strikes. You got to be careful. You got to be putting this on all the time. It's so important for us to do that. He knows where your weakness is. He knows where you're not skilled enough to use this, and that's where he will come after us. This weapon is an offensive weapon for parring, for thrusting, for stabbing. This thing is a phenomenal weapon. But you know something? You got to learn how to use it. You have to take time to practice. You go into the military, they just don't hand you a rifle and say, okay, go out in the battle. You gotta be trained how to clean that weapon, how to use that weapon, even in the dark to be able to disassemble it and put it back together. How to use a knife. My father, as I've, uh, if you followed some of the other lessons that I have on evidence for faith, or have uh, heard me talk in the past, my father was um, in the underwater demolitions team, what today they call SEALs. And he was, um, a master, a hand-to-hand -hand combat master. He could make a weapon out of practically anything. He taught me a lot of different ways, great way growing up, he taught me a lot of ways to kill people. Uh, with all sorts of things you would never think as a weapon, he could make into a weapon instantly and use it. So he taught me all sorts of things like that. Well, the thing is, he trained me in these. Um, I remember when I was um, in middle school, starting high school, he started to teach me how to defend myself when someone comes after, him, uh, comes after me with a knife. How to defend myself. You have to be trained. You don't just watch a movie and say, okay, I'm a master now. You gotta train, you gotta work on it and stuff. Same thing with this weapon here. This weapon can transform people. It has the ability to cut through the falsehoods of Satan's lies and expose God's truth, which is the word of God. But you know something? You gotta, you gotta train with this. This weapon can cut through the deepest darkness of despair, of depression, and shed light and victory. Do you know that the, 
the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, can cut a path from the darkest areas of hell to salvation's door? How many of us came to know Jesus Christ through Bible verses? This thing has power. This is a powerful weapon. But like I say, you got to train with it. You just don't pick up your sword and go out. I would Nobody would ever send out a person, here, just take a sword and go out and do battle against these trained soldiers. No, you practice. You would practice with this over and over. So how do we practice with this? I'll tell you how you practice with this, folks. It's the Word of God. You do Bible study. You study this. You don't read it like a novel. I mean, if that's all you do, at least you got the Bible open and you're learning and the Spirit can still teach you stuff. But the thing is to get into a real serious Bible study. Look for the who, what, when, where, whys, and hows of verses. Don't read through them quickly. Just settle with a verse or two and start studying the stuff. And, and take notes, learn, and memorize daily. In the military, they'll spend day after day after day after day after day. My dad would say that, yeah, we'd go out and we'd uh, go on deployment someplace. And there at deployment, we would train. When we come back, we'd get some R&R. As soon as the R&R was over, we're back training again. He says all we did uh, most of the time in the, in the military, he said most of the time I was just training. We need to train. We need to be ready like that. So study your word of God. Pick this thing up. Get into it. Learn how to use this weapon. Because this weapon is so, so powerful. So, I hope you will now, if you haven't, I hope you get into a Bible study. If not, contact us. We have Bible studies on our website. Contact or go to the website, look for Evidence for Faith. We have all different types of Bible study. We're constantly putting other ones out there. Get involved in, in a group Bible study. Get with some people. Go to church. Learn. Get to a Bible preaching church where they'll um, expository preaching. They take scripture and they break it down and help you to see what this means and how to apply it to your life. So important that you train with this weapon. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's a phenomenal weapon. Use it and defend yourself and attack with it. Thanks for joining me on this lesson here today. And we still have another one coming up because there's one more piece we want to talk about. But I want to thank you for joining. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, comments and stuff you can make to us, please. Let us hear from you. We love that. And we ask that you pray for us in this ministry also, because we are on a front line and we constantly are getting attacked. So please help us and pray for us as we use this weapon, we use this armory, and we go out and we fight God's battles. So until we meet again, take care and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. Evidence for Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry based in the USA. You can support this broadcast by donating online using the links in the description. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.